Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC. Pillar and Ground is a podcast for the LMPC family so that we may deepen in our knowledge of the ground on which we stand and increase our connection with whom we stand together in community and mission. Pillar and Ground features three different types of episodes. Pillar and Ground are connections. Pillar and Ground are questions. And Pillar and Ground are confession of faith. This episode is a Pillar and Ground Connections episode where we seek to increase our connection to one another with whom we stand together in community and mission. And today we are joined by someone whom we stand together with in mission and in friendship and fellowship, uh, Malk Clark. Uh, he is the assistant pastor of Trinity Church in Manchester, England. Uh, formerly, he was a trainee minister at City Church Manchester for two years, and he spent a month with us here on Lookout Mountain in April of 2018. That's right. And he is married to Judy. They have two girls, Lila and Jovi, and he is a has become a great friend and a great friend of, of my, on my own and of this church and others in this church. And it's great to have you back on the mountain, Malk. Welcome back. What a privilege it is to be here with you again. And you I have come straight from where, Emil? Uh, uh, we have just come from none other than Champies. Uh, yes. Which and I've got to be honest is the main reason I like to come to America nowadays yes. is it, to visit is, that institution. It is a joy to watch <laughs> Malk enjoy Champies. His, his wife is also a big fan. It's true. And so, um, yeah, we just came from a, a nice lunch and fellowship together. And uh, it is so good to have you with us. Um, I want others to get to know you. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks listen to this podcast, uh, they may not have a face to put with the voice they're listening. We're going to put in the show notes, the link to Trinity Church Manchester so they can see the work there and see who your face. Uh, But let's just start off with talking about how how did God connect you with the work in Manchester? Because that's not your hometown, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, I wasn't born in Manchester. I was actually born in Berlin. My dad was in the military. Mm. Um, He was in the Black Watch, Scottish Regiment. So we traveled a lot, but eventually we settled uh, settled in a place called York, which is Mm -hmm. in the northeast of England. And um, that's where I became a Christian as a teenager. And fairly quickly, as a young man, started feeling the call and thinking through and uh, talking with others about the potential to move into ministry. And so uh, what how that kind of began for me was being involved with a, a school's outreach ministry, which I imagine you'll have something similar in the States. Yeah, it's a, what you were involved with sounds a lot like Young Life, yeah, which is okay. what we have here. Yeah, yeah so going into schools, uh, connecting with uh lots of non-Christian kids sharing mm-hmm. the gospel. And so I did that for a number of years um, until I was into into my early 20s. And it was around there that I really started, um, I guess I discovered something called reformed doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I really started recognizing that um, and feeling a call into church ministry. Uh, and so I took some time out working some I want to say normal jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't particularly normal, but uh, work outside of a ministry context. And in that time, me and Judy, my wife, prayed a lot about uh, what was the next step? How how were we going to enter into ministry? And that's when 
I discovered this church called City Church Manchester, yeah. who were the other side of the uh, Yorkshire-Lancashire border, which is the, the border that divides uh, the, the, side, the different sides of the north of England. Uh, it's the wrong side as a Yorkshireman <laughs> to live on. But I heard all these amazing things about this new church, City Church, and how they were, they were looking for a trainee minister, someone to come and work at the church, but who they would actually train up at the same time. Yeah which I found really exciting. Um, and so that's, I applied for the job. Honestly, didn't think I would get it, but um, yeah, secured the job there and uh, then started my theological training through um, something called Crossland Seminary, right. uh, which is a, a distance learning and then coming together as um, learning groups. Yeah. And I did that for three years. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that, in a nutshell, that's how I ended and up so there. that's how you, you got connected to Manchester. And then through your connections at Manchester, you got connected to LMPC, to us. Yes. And, and talk about that, how that happened. So that would be through, it, well, it kind of predates me a little bit, doesn't it? The, the connections yeah, with right. the UK partnership. Yeah. But I quickly heard about this amazing thing called the UK partnership which was a uh, collaboration of American churches and church leaders coming over to the UK to, to look for um, opportunities to support church plants, mm. particularly church plants in the UK. And the way that uh, I kind of explain what that looks like in real time is the, the UK partnership is a bit like um, Shark Tank <laughs> and Speed Dating at the same time <laughs> where you have church planters standing up in front of these church lead American church leaders. And you have a small window of time to say, this is who we are. This is where we're going. This is the sort of support we need. And then you guys sit back and choose who you like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> but honestly, God has used that partnership in amazing yeah. ways. Uh, we continue to be blessed, not just, you know, materially, but, you know, financially it's prayer, it's friendship. It's, yeah. um, as you've put it before, Brian, it's like we're in the trenches together. Yeah. Even though there's, a, you know, an ocean that separates us. Yeah, we we um, we're able to share resources, friendship. Yeah. It's a connection that goes on regularly throughout the year. It's not just a one-time thing. And a lot of people listening may not know that uh, Ed Norton at Independent Presbyterian Church in Memphis, along with Frank Hitchings here. Yes. The two of them were the spearheads that began the UK partnership yeah, it's great. and. By God's grace and through Frank's leadership, uh, Lookout Prez has been able to be involved from the start and mm. have seen just amazing connections made, uh, namely one of those was with City Church and Ralph and Matt. And then mm -hmm. through that, we met you. I went on a trip and remember sitting down and meeting you. And, <laughs> and then as part of your trainee work at City Church Manchester, you were to come we sponsored your trainee That's right, yeah. uh, internship, as it were, for a year. Lookout right, did. Yeah. And part of that was you came to spend a month with us. Yeah, what, a, what an amazing month that and, was. And Judy came and Lila, yeah. and you were here on the mountain with us for a month. Yeah, it was great. And uh, you shadowed different people, different That's pastors right, yeah. each week. And you got to see all kinds of things. You were a participant in the Holy Week services. You read on Good Friday, yes. if you remember. Yeah, I the remember. The sunrise service. And that sunrise service was, that whole Easter week was honestly one of the uh, most special Easter weeks I've ever experienced in my whole life. Standing on the mountain, watching the sunrise above. Do you remember? It was like really yeah. low cloud that day. Yeah. And so if it almost felt, 
you know, heavenly standing there and yeah. we're singing hymns as the sun yeah. is rising about, and we're, you know, pondering and worshiping and uh, looking to the resurrection. It was amazing. It was yeah. an amazing day. And the day before, we enjoyed some ribs and lamb chops <laughs> at my house. Yes, we did. And fired some potato cannons That's right. in the I yard. Mean... <laughs> I have some great video footage of Judy and Malk singing together, playing guitar, yeah. Jackson, Johnny Cash. That's right. And uh, oh, it's, it's just fun. the bonds and the, the joy and the friendship and fellowship. It's a delight. And, mm. and that's exponentially been duplicated through the UK partnership. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Not just... Uh, financial support, but relational connection mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and sharing of resources, ideas. We just shared resources and ideas at lunch yeah. about how to think about ministry and how to approach evangelism, how to approach pastoral leadership. So it's a real gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but out of Manchester, uh, you then were called to plant a church. Yeah. And and it's in a city called Presswich. Well, in a, yeah, in, a, in the in north a, side of the, the city. The north side a, of the city. Sort of the town, really. Okay, called Presswich. And That's so tell right. us about that church called Trinity Church. Pete Norris is the lead pastor there. Pete Evans. Pete Evans. Pete Norris is in London. That's right. Sorry. <laughs> we all, it's all right. We all sound the I'm same. I'm so well acquainted with England. I'm just all over the place. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, Pete. Pete Evans uh, is the lead pastor, yeah. and you're the assistant pastor. That's right. Tell us about Trinity Church, how old you are, and yeah. kind of what's going on with that. And we've been a part of that. The LMPC has been able to partner yes. with that from the beginning. Which is, let me just take a moment to say, which we are profoundly grateful for, to know that, you know, we've got our, our as it were, our big brother over here, just who's got our back. It's been a huge encouragement to us. And, mm. you know, we get these emails from Stephanie all the time. I know that there are people within LMPC who are just committed to praying for us and, the Lord is hearing those prayers. We're seeing such exciting things happening. Uh, but I always find it tricky to know exactly when we started because we had planned to uh, plant the church in the year 2020, which I'm sure you will remember. Some pretty big things happened that year on a global <laughs> scale. Um, and so the pandemic came along and shut down all the venues and everything before we had even um, started as a church. And under God, we made the decision to just, let's go for it. Let's push forward, even though <laughs> there literally wasn't a building in the city that would have us. We we started out as 23 adults, uh, eight children, and we started out with a a small video venue and everybody on their sofas at home. Wow. Which, you know, really wasn't the start that we had hoped for or had planned for, but um, that was a, a short season. As soon as restrictions started lifting we were chomping at the bit to get out and to get into a venue and so mm-hmm. we secured a small community center like i mean i'm talking it's basically it was a big shed um you could fit about 30 people in there we weren't even allowed to do that because of restrictions we had only about i think it was 15 at a time so we like to joke saying um in those opening months, we were the smallest multi-site church in the whole world <laughs> because we had to run multiple services just for our, you know, less than 30 people in the church That's at the time. so good. Um, so we did that for a few months and then we secured a, a larger venue, a local high school. And so that was all, that was in 2021 that we got the, the larger venue in the summer of 2021. It's only last year. So what, July. So really it feels like we've only been gathering as the church is one people for less than a year. Wow. But wonderfully, we've seen our numbers go from 23 to about 85 uh, adults. Wow. Um, and a, a part of that is because 
people saw us on Facebook Live or they saw us on YouTube and were intrigued and have come down to to check us out. So yeah, it's been it's been a strange little journey so far. Is is COVID actually for, in those contexts provided people a chance to check out the church without the awkward personal that's, visit. That's right. It's a little bit like we call it window shopping. Yeah. You know, you can glance in and feel no threat. Now, the challenge is some people may want to never take the step into the church, but yeah. uh, we're always saying, hey, come down. We we want to actually know you. Yeah. We're not a, we're not a video venue. We're a church. That's right. Tell, what's a, tell us about Presswitch and, and what's distinct about that and yeah. how you're trying to reach the the area where you are. Great. So Presswich is a very typical little suburban town um, in lots of ways. Manchester is a, uh, on sort of on a global level, Manchester is a bit of a, a, a hub for the north of England. Lots of businesses and media, the BBC are there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a thriving city, but where we've planted is a suburban area. So we're, you know, a, a couple of miles out the city centre, um, there's a real mix of people in our community. We've got, uh, people below the poverty line. You've got middle-class and upper-class people. One of the more kind of interesting people groups we have are, um, so outside of London, we have the largest Orthodox Jewish community, uh, in our, in, in Presswich. Mm. So if you were to come on a Saturday, you find the roads are very quiet because the the Jewish people won't be driving on those days. Mm-hmm. So it's quite nice for a trip to the shops on a Saturday. You don't have to sit in traffic or anything. <laughs> um, and, you know, but our event, our focus isn't purely on Presswich. There's okay. a real need in the north side of the city for gospel preaching churches, and so at the moment we are we're drawing okay. people in from all across uh, the north of Manchester. Some people are traveling up to about 40 minutes to come to church on a Sunday, which in a UK context is kind of, it's kind of strange. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, um, how are you seeing God at work? Maybe even in the particular area of evangelism, people, yeah. uh, being converted, finding Jesus in yes. the context of a very post-Christian world there yeah. In, yeah. in England. We've got, um, a number, we've had a number of non-believers, come to us over the last few months. In fact, it's it's not an exaggeration to say we have new people every Sunday Mm -hmm. uh, and a good number have been maybe de-churched people, people who maybe have had some connections with Mm -hmm. church in the past and for whatever reason, for different reasons, some I think it's partly because of the pandemic, they've gone, "Hmm, I need to start rethinking my life and rethinking Mm. this whole church thing. But we we are very active in our evangelism, uh, or at least we're trying to be. Uh, we go out to the community. We've done door knocking. That was quite a uh, a scary thing for some of us, knocking on doors and inviting people to come along to our Christmas events. But we saw people responding positively oh. to that, and some people came along. Uh, we've gone out at Christmas. We went out uh, carol singing. Um, we've we've done lots of outreach courses. So we're always trying to yeah. connect with new people. But probably where we're seeing God work most clearly and we're seeing the most fruit is just through our real life connections. Yeah. So uh, amazingly, we we had our first uh, person who came to Trinity Church as a non-believer and, and, and meet Jesus and get saved. Uh, he gave his life to Christ just before New Year. Mm. And his story began just by having a conversation with Pete, as in the pastor, um, at the school gates when they were dropping the boys off at school. 
Mm. And, you know, God just used that to to draw this man into our church. Mm. And yeah, wonderfully, he's walking with Jesus now. Uh, and we're going to be baptizing him in just a couple of weeks. So It's wonderful. Yeah, it's awesome. We're, we're very excited about that. Yeah, I love how the real life connection is where God can use those things to bring people to himself. Yeah. And uh, what are some of the tools you use in the work of evangelism in your in your ministry? I've learned from you myself yeah. Yeah. Uh, some good tools that you enjoy using. Yeah, most recently uh, we used uh, a resource called Hope Explored, which is part of the Christianity Explored family, if you want. Um, and it was great. It's, it's a course that's designed to particularly off the back of something like a an, a Christmas service or a service which is maybe a little bit more geared towards inviting a friend along to. Um, it's a three-week course exploring is all, obviously it's Jesus focused. That's what I loved about it. Um, and it actually put Bibles in the hands of people who came to it. So short Bible studies and and the, the course is how Jesus is the person who has, uh, has, transformed has changed history is transforming our reality today and completely transforms our future going forward yeah and it's just been great to do that with it's very accessible very easy and for at least in our context Mm -hmm. to sit down with somebody who's not christian and to open a bible with them they're like wow a real bible this is a big deal wow and so um yeah, it, that's that's been the most recent thing we've discovered and have been enjoying using. Yeah, that's great. Um, what are some of the current needs of uh, Trinity Church in Manchester? Or in, it is Trinity Church in Manchester, technically. Yes, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. What are the current needs? Like things we can pray for and and just know that these are needs among our partner church there in yes. Manchester. I think there's a couple of things. They're big prayers as well. <laughs> um, one prayer would be, um, as we grow as a church, uh, we we need to start considering venue. So at the moment, it's wonderful. The venue we have is great. We're meeting in a local high school, um, and it's and it's a good size for us at the moment. the The problems will come in our society. Um, you know, views on uh, marriage, sexuality; um, those are red button topics. Yeah. And you know, to hold to a biblical view on these things is controversial and I can see it a day coming where we might not be welcome to use a public school based on, on that. So that's just something we're, we are, we're trying to get ahead of the game on, uh, trying to look into various options of how, you know, praying that the Lord would provide a venue that we could call our own eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a big prayer. Um, and the next exciting step that we're hoping to take as a church in terms of, um, from a ministry perspective is, uh, we want, would love to uh, bring on a new member of staff. We need a, an operational person. So uh, me and Pete and our, we've got an intern, a young guy called Harry, who's great. Um, we're all gifted, but operations is not really any of our thing. And we could really do with somebody <laughs> with that skill set yeah. stepping in. So just pray that we would find the right person yeah. and that God would bring that person to us so that ministry would flourish and we'd be able to uh, more readily and easily preach the gospel. Yeah, those are really good, good things for us to pray for. Um, this is a, a question that I have. I haven't I haven't talked to you about this one, but um, so you spent a month here kind of shadowing who we are. It's sort of a two-part question. What did you learn here mm. that you've been able to take there 
and it's been a benefit. Yeah. And then as you think about what you're seeing there, mm-hmm. what do you think we could learn from that? Ooh, what do you think question. we could hear from that? So yeah. um, we'll start with uh, what sort of things did you learn here? Yes. That benefited you there? I think in my, particularly in the time I was here, one thing that was quite transformative for me was how much um, focus LMPC put on their um, Easter week. Mm. And just uh, uh, that how that principle applies to to lots of things in the life of the church. Sometimes as Brits, you know what Brits are like. <laughs> we could be quite passive or we can be quite slow to um, feel, you know, we can be quite huh. stiff upper lip as a culture. Yeah. Being here with American brothers and sisters and seeing uh, the the real sense of joy that you have in one another and that flows from Jesus, being here for that Easter week and seeing just how much work and effort went into uh, producing a, a, a space where people could come and enjoy Jesus was mm. was huge for me. I mean, in the UK, at least in in my experience, will maybe some churches will do a Good Friday service and an Easter Sunday, and then we kind of move on. You guys did Monday, Thursday, Good Friday. You had that day of celebrating as family on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. You did the sunrise service on the Sunday morning. Then you had your normal. I mean, it was just amazing, mm-hmm. and I, it was also Jesus focused, mm-hmm. um, and that was that was a real joy for me to be here for mm-hmm. that week. So I don't know how how I sum that up as what I learned. Yeah. No, that's in one sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I remember processing that with you, and it was. I remember watching you lead the Good Friday service, and it was definitely an emotional reality for you. Yeah, uh, and, the singing and the reading. I mean, I've I've taken some of your ideas and are applying them to to our <laughs> context as well. It's it's just things that help help us connect this profound theological truth yeah. with with our affections. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes we can say, I know about the doctrine of of, you know, I know about Christology, I know about Jesus, but connecting, helping people feel who Jesus is and feel what it means to be to belong to him. That was, yeah, that was eye-opening to me. I probably walked around with my mouth open most of that week. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Thank you for sharing that. What about what could we learn, you believe? Mm. from what you're seeing in the work in the church in England. Yeah. What do you think we need to learn? I think probably one of the things, well, not that you need to learn, but you you need to wholeheartedly hold to is, as you do, is the just the preaching of the gospel. If you look back at where things start going wrong for us in the UK context, it's when we stepped away from that, <laughs> you know, and it, it took form in a million and one different ways. But mm. I think what maybe you can learn from that though, is as long as you hold to the gospel, don't be afraid of the changes that are coming. You know, we, we all know that we can see that America's changing and that it's becoming more secularized as a British Christian. I can testify to Jesus is so much bigger than the culture around you. And mm. we don't need to be af- afraid of the change. In fact, sometimes some of the cultural change we can learn, we can learn things from that and, and move with the culture Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jesus is bigger. Jesus is better. And, you know, I'm sure many people listen to this. You probably worry about your kids. I worry about my children growing up in a secularized context. 
but I grew up in a secularized context and Jesus still got me. So, mm. you know, mm. Mm. we don't need to be scared. Uh, yeah. Hold on to the, hold on to the gospel and, you know, let's, let's do this thing together. We're excited. That's really good. You, you mentioned previously that you had done some different work before being called to ministry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to bypass it. <laughs> you were an undertaker. That's right. Is yes. that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But God used that in a way to give you a zeal for evangelism. For sure. And we're not going to tell some of the stories that I'll never get out of my mind that you told me. <laughs> that's for another uh, time. Those, that's not for the podcast. Uh, but how did God use... Yeah that work to give you a passion for evangelism and, and ministry? Yeah, that's a great question. I Just to, to put it in its context a little bit, this is right in the season of my life where me and Judy are praying a lot about the next step into ministry and we're exploring options. And as I said, I just wanted to work in a secular context for a while. And this was this was work I could easily step into. Um, the, but God used it for in amazing ways. Uh, and one of the things I took from it was obviously a part of my job was turning up to situations where someone has died and I've got to take their, their body away. And the thought just went through my head. I don't want to keep turning up late. You know, mm. you'd be in the room with someone who's died. And the, my question would be, did anybody ever tell this person about Jesus? Um, and that question genuinely really burdened me. And so that was a time that uh, the Lord Mm. I, I open my eyes, I guess, to, again, just to the, the absolute necessity of telling people about who Jesus is because people, you know, we die at any age. I think mm -hmm. we all like to think we'll have a nice long life and we'll die tucked away in our beds. Working in that world for a little bit showed me you can die at any moment at any age. And so we mm. should be ready as Christians to tell anybody at any moment of any age who Jesus is. Man. Amen. I love I love that phrase. If I got tired of turning up late, mm. they were dead. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, and sharing the gospel with those who are living. So, just you know, as we wrap up, um, Malk, if you if you had one uh, college football team that you would choose, <laughs> which one is it? Go dogs! All right, there we go. There we go. <laughs> so you may find in a picture if you follow Trinity Church Manchester online or have any kind of social media relationship with Malk that you may find him wearing a Georgia T-shirt. I'll be sure to put it on, especially after this, then <laughs> with a Love Lookout hat <laughs> and true. maybe a Champies T-shirt on somebody <laughs> in Manchester, England. That's that's partnership right there. That's so. it. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. We we love you. We love your family. It's my pleasure. Trinity Church. And we are honored to be partners in the gospel together. Awesome. Thanks, Thank Brian. you, Malk. And thank you for listening to another episode of Pillar and Ground.